Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Guys, we're cursed, okay? We're cursed, and the source of the curse will be made apparent. Very clear. Yeah. We know what she did. Oh, no. This is our second attempt recording this episode. The first did not go great. No, and it's in fine. the time it took for us to get our tech figured out overnight, I got real sick. Yep. So we're just making it work. Yeah, that's what you work. can't for babysitting. Yeah, this is what I get for babysitting. I think I caught a bug from a foul child. Never yeah. babysit is I the mean, lesson learned here. Ugh, but I love them so much. And also, ugh. if you don't have to use Mediacom, don't use Mediacom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's the other lesson. We've learned so many lessons in the last 24 hours. Don't drink cough syrup on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. You will barf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You will barf. And if you're wondering why I don't have my video on, it's because I'm disgusting and I literally have a barf trash bag next to me just <laughs> in case. So I'm just, you're just not getting that kind of intimacy from me today. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> okay. not happening. It's Hi. what it's. It's what it's. Yeah. Yep. You don't have to always be visible. Uh, thank well, you. Who, who are we even? Oh, my oh, God. I'm Kenyan. <laughs> oh, Ken- my God. Oh, my God. I'm Kenyan. <laughs> oh, God, I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today we have a very, very special fan pick. Very haunted fan pick. Very haunted <laughs> fan pick. Brought to you by fan picker Heather Wynn, who uh, has selected this episode topic to honor her mother who has passed on. Her dead mother. Her dead her- mother. <laughs> Dead mom. <laughs> she was alive, but no, she's dead as a darnail. Her dead mom, Evelyn. Oh, and God. Heather selected the title Dead Evelyn Crime. It wasn't us, you guys. Uh, That's why I feel like I can say her mom's dead. She's dead. dead. Peter's gay. Gay. <laughs> dead. Um, and Evelyn joined us yesterday has haunted us ever since and she's yep. joining us again today here Introduce she is her, Lucy. like i oh cleaned my, my desk from yesterday <laughs> evelyn why didn't you say hi to the people <laughs> okay so for those of you <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked <laughs> to see the video. Uh, Lucy did not do that yesterday. I was not expecting that. The happy Ziploc bag of mm-hmm. Evelyn's ashes, labeled in Sharpie, "Dead, Dead Evelyn,", Evelyn. <laughs> I, uh, into the microphone. There are the photos shaking. on the drive, which will be on the blog, of Evelyn in life and also in death, because I wanted to show. The coarseness of her cremains. I'm always, I was just about to comment on They're chunky. the coarseness. Uh, I mean, really chunky, too. We will get to the coarseness, okay. actually. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. 
Well, first, let's get to our wine crime pairings. I know Amanda wants to drink wine right now. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) What have we got going on for dead Evelyn? I mean, I'm personally drinking tea because I can't. I'm too sick. But I went on a search for Evelyn beverages, and I did find some exquisite Evelyn wines, and I know that Heather wanted a New Zealand Sauve Blanc, but like oh, Evelyn Heather's is ex- got great taste. She's got yeah, great don't taste. We all? And Evelyn is expensive, y'all. Like the wines I found were over $60 a bottle. So I was like, I can't do that to us. Um, so instead, <laughs> to I To our bottom line. Yeah. I'm like, let's try and I was like, instead, I bet I could find a cocktail that is made up of items that most people will have on their bar. And it turns out there is one that I will absolutely be making the second my sore throat and congestion clears up. It's called the Lady Evelyn Cocktail. Ooh. And I got this recipe from Cocktail Builder. Thank you, Cocktail Builder, CB. <laughs> it's really simple. It's just one and a half ounces of dry vermouth, one ounce of gin, and two teaspoons of Cointreau or just whatever like orange liqueur you have. I am a Grand Marnier gal, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I will be using Granny instead of Cointreau. I also have upgraded, like, a lot of good margarita recipes call for Cointreau. I'm telling you, if you can wiggle on your your budget, upgrade it to Grand Marnier. It will elevate Mm. any beverage, any cocktail Mm. that asks for orange liqueur or Cointreau. Like, I'm telling you, it's so much better. I agree. Yeah. I concur. It's so good. I have both on my bar, but there you I go. didn't really understand the difference. Yeah, I just think that I, I personally just find Grand Marnier to be, it's more of an elevated liqueur. It's more expensive. It's just, it's good. I like it. I also there's, will say There's a little great. more depth to it. It's not yeah. just like a shot of orange flavor. It's like it enhances the flavors of the other liquors in there. Exactly. Mm. So you simply pour the vermouth, the gin, and the triple sec into a mixing glass half filled with ice. You stir it or you can shake it in a shaker, strain it into a cocktail glass. You can serve it up. You could serve it on the rocks, but they recommend serving it up. And fucking get in there. Get get yourself a drink. I think this I like would also it. be really good with an orange slice. Yeah. Mm, that yeah. was impressive. So gotta I have want a garnish. Yeah, you got to garnish it. So I would love for folks who are able to recreate this to tag me in your photos so I can live vicariously through you because your girl is just vacillating between apple juice and tea right now. Mm-hmm. Crushing if, it. If you had put an orange slice into that apple juice, nobody would have ever known. Mm, you're probably right. Mm. I could have fooled you, but can't nice. fool my taste buds. I know there's no booze in that. <laughs> and I'm sad about it. What are you? If there's two no drinking? booze in it, why make it look fancy? I'm What's also being point? boring and drinking water. Nice. I'm also being boring and drinking water, but I did take a gummy. Oh, go. go, girl, carry us, carry One us. One of us has to be intoxicated somehow, somehow, yeah. or else we're not on brand. Am I right? <laughs> All right. Well, Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for? Fucking dead Evelyn crimes. My well, God. what on earth are you going to cover? For because this I one? don't have psych. And technically, well, almost. I don't have any psych, so I have to shake some bones. And technically, what you receive as cremains are bone fragments. Are bone. It's shake just the bone. It's not ash. So I'm going to shake mm. Evelyn right now. Mm. <gasps> Evelyn. Evelyn. What a beautiful little tinkle. <laughs> yeah. And also, Heather sent along Evelyn's obituary. Oh. So I will be reading that at the top 
of my segment. A little here bit of go. a crossover oh. special from Gak. I it love It is this. a bit of a crossover, and I'm here for it. So Evelyn Marie Smith was born on August 22nd, 1948 in the state that Kenyon always forgets about Arkansas. Oh, wow. I do always forget about it. <laughs> I forget about Delaware. Mm. Yeah. There's fair. always a state someone forgets about, and it's never California. Never. Just I, gun to my head, I could not locate Arkansas on the map, and I'm pretty good at geography. I don't think I could either. I can I, locate Kentucky because it looks like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm-hmm. I could locate Arkansas because I've been there for a dear friend's wedding. Oh, recently. yeah. Oh, right. It's mm-hmm. not far from It's Iowa. actually super drivable from Des Moines, which mm-hmm. is was shocking to me. And it's, Okay, that gives us a general location. It's really cool. I actually think it's just south of Missouri, is it not? Where the fuck is Missouri? South of <laughs> Iowa. It goes Minnesota, oh. Iowa, Missouri, oh. and I think Arkansas, Arkansas is either just- under that or to the east of that. Let's, but anyway, you know what? There's no way to know. There's there no, no way to know. that will ever tell us this. So moving on. Next. Easy to drive through beautiful topography. Okay. On January 15th, 2021, she, dead Evelyn, transcended to dead Evelyn. <laughs> there we go. Succumbing after a short battle with lung cancer. She was survived by her daughter, Heather, fan picker Heather who now steps on cracks with reckless abandon (laughs) and also her two awesome granddaughters. And by the way, there is a photo of Evelyn in life, live Evelyn. Live Evelyn. um, With her, uh, I don't know if it's her, it's at least one granddaughter. And then also Anne Jeanette, whom we met at the Chicago show. One of the Chicago shows. Anne Jeanette. And I have some of Anne Jeanette's and Heather's children's teeth in my cabinet. My God. They're committed committed coven members. What can I say? (laughs) We get so many interesting gifts. And if you want to send Lucy your 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 loved one's cremains, (laughs) we will be happy to share our P.O. box. I am on our website. More interested in your children's teeth because I got an entire graduated cylinder. Or any only teeth that happened to fall out. 10% filled. Yeah, any teeth. But I'm I'm preferring human teeth mm. for this particular installation. Right. But I'm not picky. No. So Evelyn worked as a secretary at Purdue University, which is where she met both of her husbands. <laughs> Get it. Get it. She got it. These marriages were very short-lived as she had terrible taste in men. <laughs> She's in a dark, dark place. Oh, so dark. This didn't stop her from doling out the marriage advice to her daughter, however. Mm. Okay, Heather, sound off. She knows, yeah. I feel like a twice-divorced person is probably the best person to give you marriage advice. (laughs) Advice. Oh, my God, I'm fine. Marriage device. (laughs) Marriage device. Apply your marriage device. Directly to the forehead. (laughs) (laughs) While her education was limited, she had a successful career and even owned a company before retiring to take care of her granddaughters. She met a few famous folks during her lifetime, including JFK... Pierre Trudeau and Oprah. Damn. Being of a certain age, she always pronounced social security as social security. I had no idea that was a thing. We, it's we discussed so a thing. It's so a thing. And it's one of my favorite things. Like, no it's idea. annoying, but it's also so endearing and weird. It's like how people of a certain age say diabetes. Mm-hmm. It's yes. the same thing. Yeah. It's just At so some weird. point in their formation, that is how it was pronounced like on the radio or something. Must have. And so it just so. stuck. 
Social security. Social security. But then they don't. I, but then they say it normal otherwise. Yeah. So sh- they can. So they can say social. The, well, the next line is, but she had no issues with pronouncing social media. Oh, but yeah. it's just in the context of social security. Social security. I gotta say social. It's I'm telling you, I'm gonna start. So much. I'm gonna start accosting old people on the street and asking them to say social security <laughs> and just see what happens. I'm googling this. Why do old, old people, people say say social, social security? How would we spell social? S O S A L. Heather spelt it S O S S A L. Social, social, social security. Social security. I don't know. It's a hard googs. I'm gonna work on this offline and while you, yeah, while you look this up, I'll just finish this out by saying she, Evelyn, also made a hella good curried chicken salad with halved grapes. Yum. She started out with not a lot, worked hard, and did her best to be an amazing mom and grandmother. She had wonderful friends and lived a full, though not long enough, life. Currently, she enjoys hanging out in her urn, Lucy's curiosities cabinet, and quote unquote heaven. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and our That's recording a- spaces. <laughs> yeah, right here. So beautiful tribute, Heather. Great obit, Heather. Great I'm obit. You wrote the obit, and mm. you nailed it. Yeah, so beautiful. We yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you, and we wish we had known Evelyn. Yeah. Sounds Evelyn- like a real pip. Sounds amazing and looks adorable if you want to look at the picture, which will be on the blog. She's so just tiny and cute. Okay, so on to my regular segment. Like I alluded to, once again, I had no idea how to cover background and psych for this specific topic, (laughs) dead (laughs) Evelyn Grimes. Right. However, since I have part or at least parts of dead Evelyn in cremain form here with me now... I thought I would God. tell you a little more about cremation. And I know I've talked about cremation. I think there's in a guess. There's always more to say. There's always, always more to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hit on some things, maybe some questions that you had that you didn't think to answer for the last mm-hmm. time I talked about cremation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So cremation is, as we know, the practice of reducing a corpse to its essential elements by burning. Mm-hmm. Also, when I Googled cremation, you know how Google brings up like the people also ask. Oh, yeah. Like, Auto populates. I love it. And apparently a lot of people also ask, does it hurt to be cremated? You're dead. <laughs> I, know. I mean, I guess it could if you're not dead yet. Yeah. To be, <laughs> yeah you'll, being you'll burned alive lot. would hurt really bad, but. So the answer is the per- the body does not feel pain during cremation because the person is no longer alive. And when a person <laughs> dies, the brain stops sending signals to the body. There it is. This means the person cannot feel pain or any other sensation. In fact, a dead person feels nothing at all. Mm. I love how condescending that article was. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I guess we're going to talk about this now. We're really going to drive this home. <laughs> Here are some fun cremation facts from Elemental Cremation and Burial. Actually, the first fact is from my lover, Encyclopedia Britannica. I I built this segment kind of piecemeal. You built this city on rock and roll, babe. It's fine. (laughs) So from my lover, quote, the practice of cremation on open fires was introduced to the Western world by the Greeks as early as 1000 BCE. Mm. And I am acknowledging the... Eurocentricness of this article. Mm-hmm. The reason why there isn't a lot of information about, like, for example, the Eastern world, can you even mm-hmm. say that? Mm-hmm. 
about cremation is because it just has happened since like anti- antiquity. It's just mm-hmm. like a very, it's just always been around. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't always been in line with Western values mm-hmm. in terms of like the historical record. Okay. So the Greeks seem to have adopted cremation from some northern people as an imperative of war it, to ensure soldiers slain in alien territory a homeland funeral attended by family and fellow citizens. So basically it was a way to transport yeah. the bodies to have a socially acceptable, culturally acceptable Thing funeral. To, yeah. Yeah. Commemorate. Because that's a lot of bodies in war to lug back in full form. It's not like yep. they could properly identify them and like no. just think about all the logistics of that. Yeah. I mean, we have a hard it's enough hard about now. it like yeah. in mm-hmm. modernity, let right. alone like way back then. So corpses were incinerated on the battlefield. Then the ashes were gathered up and sent to the homeland for ceremonial entombment. Mm. Although ground burial continued, even a symbolic sprinkling of earth over the body fulfilled the requirements Oh, for I'm glad we're talking about this. Can, for, for ground burial. Can I say a Last of Us spoiler since this mm. will come out in a little while? Absolutely. I'm fully mild, caught up. Mild little spoiler. Okay. It's, this is like episode four, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure was. <laughs> when they're with, when they're with uh, Henry and Sam or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it wasn't that the brothers. Three? Oh, the brothers. Okay, episode yeah. three was the traumatic episode They're episode four yes, was the yes. one with the brothers okay yeah the little boy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they like you know they get across the river or whatever i can't I, it's all blending i don't know they're burying them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're taking the time to bury these two people right which like they I, cared about them because they cared about them i get it but like i just wouldn't do that in that I scenario either. and i actually thought the same thing because as did. I've stated a number of times, it takes a lot of fucking effort to, to dig, dig a hole. Yeah, but Pedro Dude. Pascal is fucking strong. Where, Daddy. Yeah, but where'd he even get the Daddy. shovel? Uh, he just uses bare goddamn hands. I'm Daddy don't need no shovel. Oh, he, is he was cute. shown with a shovel. He is a daddy yes, for sure. The so way cute. I would die for that man to <laughs> bury me, just to be buried by that man, I would die. He's real cute. Um, yeah, no, it it bothers me. It's like, I, I get the ceremony, like sprinkle some ceremonial dirt, put, lay a wildflower down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a and million ways to fall ass out of there. Yeah, there are a million ways to acknowledge a death. And I think this has been like, obviously an issue throughout human history. We've, mm-hmm. we've acknowledged death in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like burying a body... In- significantly under the dirt if there's if it's not a plague situation which I we mean, talked about recently times when you're being chased by deadly why yeah. waste your time monsters? and energy why I just i just read it you're surviving on two fucking sticks of beef jerky a day how mm-hmm. are you move on and how much friends. clean water yeah <sighs> it bothered me <laughs> it actually bothered me too now that we're now that we're talking about it anyway <laughs> Ending the spoiler alert because oh my we've God, spoiled you're monsters. I love you. <laughs> Lucy and I have been on a tear of thinking the same thing at the uh, same time. Clearly, we've both texted this right, wide children open. are foul at the exact same moment earlier today. You did. That was did. weird. That was weird. That was weird. Okay. The sprinkling of the earth. Although ground burial continued, 
Cremation became so closely associated with valor and manly virtue, patriotism, and military glory that it was regarded as the only fitting conclusion for an epic life. So when we think about like Viking funerals with the arrow, mm-hmm. the shooting the arrow with the flames and stuff, mm-hmm. that's a, that's directly tied. Hands down, one of the absolute coolest ways to a go. Thousand percent, mm-hmm. it's so fucking cool, mm-hmm. and it looks good in every movie and TV show. Lord oh, of the yeah. Rings, fucking didn't they do it in Game of Thrones? Valhalla, whatever, oh. with the cute guy. So weird. So yeah, weird. all those. Okay, so the rest of these are from Elemental Cremation and Burial. So you have to get the oven up to and over 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 760 degrees Celsius. So it's very, very, very hot. It's hotter than just a regular flame. You're Mm -hmm. not going to get there with your average backyard bonfire. Bonfire. All right, Stephen Avery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Controversial. I don't think he did it, but yeah. The, I mean, yeah. I don't know if he did it either, but. I'm kind of on the fence always, about him. I'm on the fence about it, too. But it's all that always that when you talk about this, the yes. shot of them in That's the backyard. It's always uh, what I picture. Either yeah. way, and regardless, whoever mm. tries to burn a body like you're DIY, you're not. It's not going to work out. You're it's not going to take a lot. It. It's no, going to take a lot more time issue. and effort than you mm-hmm. expect to do it. Thoroughly, and mm-hmm. you're still probably going to get caught because it's actually really difficult. Almost making to do that. it easier for investigators to, to know get that at that tooth off. off. Yeah. Also, this is only the first step of actual cremation, mm. which I guess I'll kind of get to. But okay, then so you put it, it in like a rock tumbler. Oh god! You put it into like basically a Vitamix <laughs> oh. blender. Oh my god! We'll get to my it. My father was cremated. <laughs> we have. I we know. All have loved ones that were cremated. <laughs> I know. You're not I Jessica was I'm cremated. Not I've also <laughs> Where's definitely she at? Where's that bitch at? sneezed into his ashes let when I was transferring a- them to an urn from a plastic bag. <laughs> so let me grab either Jessica or my grandmother. I can't remember which, and it's not labeled, and now there's no way to know. <laughs> this past Christmas, we were at Wait, uh, no. We were on the Finkenauer side of the family's uh, <laughs> little compound, and they always get us weird Christmas gifts. And this year, they just Bob and That's Nancy Finkenauer. Oh yeah, That's in Jessica. Yeah, in the camera, okay. I know those bones anywhere. Mm. Oh, All right. No. Well, then I gotta label them, and then I don't yep. know where my grandma's at. She gone. But yeah, we got Jessica. <laughs> we in got those two. Little- we got camera two film containers. Film canisters okay. of Jessica. That that's definitely Jessica. Okay. But for Christmas this past year, Bob and Nance just had me only for the day. This is my Christmas gift for one day. Hold the ash the plastic bag ashes of her uncle because she knew I would enjoy hanging out with them. <laughs> so I just got to borrow her uncle for one day, his ashes. As a, a gift? Yeah, as a gift. And it was actually a very nice kind of ta- soothing tactile experience to squeeze at this bag. Okay. Were you my, close to this person? No, I've never met this man in my life. But I, I'm very close with Bob and Nance, but I've never met Nancy's uncle. Bob so I think and she Nance. wasn't even close with him. Uh, my mom has one of her best friends who passed away from breast cancer like 15 or 20 years ago. She has her in a Ziploc in the liquor cabinet. Because that's where she would have liked to be. Yep. That's you know what? I might have to move Jessica to the bar. I've got two of her, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'll put one on my desk and one on my bar. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I bought an urn online and just dumped her in there, but then I felt bad because there was still, like, Jessica dust in the (sighs) film canisters. Right. So I buried those in my yard underneath Mm. some hedges, which I now call hedges. Oh, cute. 
cute. I love that. That's cute. Okay, I might I have, have some, to steal that too. I have some hedges because that was our nickname for her, Jed. Yep. And then Jade. I put some uh, quartz in there too because I'm oh my God. a fucking freak. But they That's flourish. That's really sweet. I have her in an urn in my living room. So nice. We just watch TV together all day. And my uh, dad and my grandma and they all some other wanted. dead people that I know. <laughs> Aren't cremains excellent? They are. Yeah. Um, I also saw, I think it was like a targeted Instagram ad because I'm a fucking freak. That <laughs> if you have cremains, you can send them into this company and they'll compress them into like a stone. Did mm-hmm. I tell you guys this? You told yeah. us yesterday, but we lost yes. that recording. So mm-hmm. got it. So you can like com- a worry stone, compress it into like a smooth, like a river rock stone. So you can just like have it. Because I know you can also make them into loose like ash and a. Yeah, you can make Zip them into lock. like diamonds. Like diamonds, yeah, like jewelry pieces. Yes. My friend's mom did that with her daughter. I just think that stone, like a smooth stone to just That would hold, be cool. Would yeah. be really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very up your alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So over 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit. So in crematoriums, they do this by with propane or natural gas, and then they like blow air in there to like propane really and whip up the flames so it's like mm. blowing flames a bellows mm-hmm. 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 also you don't get actual ash back what you're really getting is the person's skeleton back. is the Cash person's app. skeleton <laughs> which is why there's chunks in there uh, okay <laughs> so mm-hmm. once you burn off all of the water which actually is the part that takes the longest because you have a lot, you got a lot of water in your body Mm-hmm. And a lot of water like deep in your cells. It well, doesn't people who hydrate do. I don't think I do. But yeah, yeah. I'd go up like a Christmas tree in a march. <laughs> so dry. <laughs> bitch is dry. Like a Christmas tree in March. Oh no. <laughs> so it actually takes about two to two and a half hours to fully cremate a body, and that is mostly because of all the time it takes to get the moisture out. But then you also have to burn like the soft tissue, the organs, the skin, hair, and the vessel that you're being cremated in in the first place, which I'll mm-hmm. kind of get to. Oh, they don't just dump you in there loose? No. No, Go no, down. no. They can, you can choose to have uh, Is it like the a body- laundry, like delicates bag situation. Kind of. You can either <laughs> opt, you can either opt for just like a, I think it's called a funeral gown. Oh. And that's just a really, really basic gown Crowd. of like easy to burn clothing. What are those dry cleaner bags that you can use like in your your dryer at home? That's what she's saying. Dry it's kind of like that, but it's probably exactly. not like that because they're made to be pretty flammable. Sure, which so is like not a the case dry for a dry bag, right? No, right. you don't want your dry cleaning <laughs> bag to be flammable. It's the opposite. Says you. I know, but it is usually. <laughs> Not the one in the machines. Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, what you're left with for your cremains is is the bone. Mm. And when your cremation, the burning, the oven part is complete, the bones are allowed to cool to a temperature where they can be handled. And then they're placed into a processing machine. And according to this article, it looks like a tumbler. It looks like a right. No, a margarita blender. It's a blender. It's not meant to tumble anything. It's meant to break shit up, which is oh, actually the oh. opposite of a rock tumbler. Oh, right, God. right, right, right. And then they're processed in that blender down to the consistency of ash, which is where they get their misnomer I'll name. For ya. Mm-hmm. I'll tumble for ya. Another fun fact: the law only allows one body in the chamber at a time. So there are Ooh, like, put the three of us in together. Yeah. Oh, God, no. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna submit Kenyon's law to Congress that allows mouth Congress. Uh, those who podcast to together must be yep. <laughs> burnt cremated, cremated together. together. Cremated together. Mm-hmm. I don't think the afterlife would work out so well if we were cremated together. I think it would go great. We're, We're all going, going to, to hell. Yeah. Also, we'd have to have Amanda on ice for like 15 years minimum. Oh, yeah, because I'm going way earlier than you two. <laughs> yeah, you are. Absolutely. Yeah, Fully anticipating attending your funeral. <laughs> hey, I would love to be cryogenically frozen until I could either A, be cremated with two of my best friends or brought back to life through AI. Your silence is unnerving. <laughs> talked about all of these things it's not a good idea it's an incredible idea and continue (laughs) with your cremation okay so legally only one body at a time is allowed into the crematorium chamber the only exception to this is not if you're podcasting partners but if the family specifically requests that two people be cremated together But space being a premium in a cremation chamber means this isn't always possible. So think about like Blortney's grandparents who died within like 24 hours of each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. In like a the notebook old Mm. person scene. It was such an old person thing to do. Class vintage old person. They probably said social Social security. Security. (laughs) They definitely did. At least no one (laughs) missed out on their social security benefits. But they, oh, who gets their social security if they no both one. die at the same Bye-bye. time? Nobody. No mess. Your social security does not go to next of kin. Yeah. If you're dead, no one collects it. Oh, for God's sakes. It might go to spouse, no? Uh, yeah, spouse. but if they both, yeah, die. But they both die. Yeah, but nobody else. Correct. Yeah, like my mom is collecting on What's my dad's point? social security, but so it'll long. just be donezo when she kicks it. Hi, yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she kicks it. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, so obviously these chambers are built for one. Mm. So two adults that are to be cremated together oftentimes end up being cremated in two separate machines side by side because there logistically is not enough room. Also, get over it. Put us in the 69 position. It kind of reminds me of those couples at a restaurant who insist on sitting next to each other. The same side of the booth. Okay. (laughs) Don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, no. Are you one of those? Sometimes we do that, but it's like when we are like, we have like something to discuss and we have to like be looking at our phones together. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, we're planning this trip and then in a big booth. Do it at home. Whatever. That does not bother me. It bothers me mostly from my experience. As a mm. as a host at a restaurant, what does because it, what I've gotten multiple people who have got because <laughs> p- because two people take up a four person table or a four person booth so that they can sit the fuck next, next to, to each, each other. other. No, so and that's annoying. This is like mm-hmm. after we've been seated, they've put us where they want us, and if it's possible and we want to be looking at the same thing together. Well, you are one kind of person, but I can say from experience that there is a whole other category of people mm-hmm. who insist on getting seated at a four-person table so mm-hmm. that they can sit next to each other. Yeah, that's And that, that is really annoying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do you not live to sit next to each other at home? What's a couch for? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Oh my god. So actually you get a lot of cremains back if you cremate if you if you cremate a whole full adult person. 
So an adult human skeleton comes back as about six to eight pounds of bone. Mm, so that's, that's a, a lot. That's it's a it's a lot. It's good. So I got a lot of ideas for shit to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so if if you want a sort of a an analogy for how much six to eight pounds is, mm-hmm. think of like a child's bowling ball or okay, like a well, Lucy size bowling, bowling ball, ball right? So. Or like a newborn. Yeah. Just like density wise, though, it'd be it'd be about a bowling ball, mm-hmm. a, a a light bowling ball. Wild. Regardless of you whether make your cremains into a bowling ball, you could. I've had it's happened. Oh I'm yeah, sure it's happened. I'm sure. So regardless of whether a person wants to be cremated after death, if the body has to travel overseas, it is required that the body is embalmed. Mm. Because usually they don't embalm people who are going to be cremated because that's just a right. huge extra cost. And why? Yeah. Even for like the U.S. military, like because they are they're transported so quickly now. I'm sure well, they embalm still. This- this particular article came out of the UK, mm. so I'm not sure if it's like an import sort of mm. law or if it's just across the board. Okay. It also it's just like from a pragmatic standpoint. It you makes, don't want them deteriorating in transit. It makes sense, yeah, because mm-hmm. the people flying the planes and moving the uh, bodies essentially mm. they didn't necessarily sign up to like handle decomposing Rotting, yeah flesh corpses. if there are any vitamins out there who know the answer to my specific query get at us mm. Mm. get at Kenyon get at me <laughs> so when it comes to clothing inside the crematorium most materials like cotton linen and wool are fine to go into the cremator so whatever you want your loved one to be wearing in there for the most part is okay but there are some like really flammable <laughs> materials like we talked about So some synthetic fabrics might not be safe to go in Mm. there. And the crematorium staff will advise you on whether or not the clothes you've chosen are safe. Also, if I'm guessing if you have like metal buttons or whatever, zippers. They scoop that out at the end. Okay. They they scoop out that kind of stuff at the end. But if you have like a pacemaker, pacemaker, for example, then the medical staff will remove that before you're cremated. Before you're even handed over to the crematorium Mm. because it can explode. Mm. But just metal shit gets filtered out in the margarita mixer phase. Okay. (laughs) Cool. When the the body goes, is ready to go into the cremator, crematorium, the staff place a metal disc with that person's name on it or some other identifying information so that when the ashes come out, the metal disc stays with the ashes so the staff always know who those ashes belong to. Hmm. So do then, does the family get the metal disc? No, I wish. We didn't. Not with my grandma or my dad. No. Don't they don't include so. the disc. Yeah. I, I, maybe they're like reused somehow or mm-hmm. maybe it's just like, a, not the name, but like a number. It might be just a mm-hmm. number. Yeah. But there is some identifying information. You're not going to get some random stranger's cremains when you're expecting. Yeah. Something has really gone wrong, mm-hmm. which yeah. we've covered those kinds of cases. We have yeah. covered that. I'm, t- yeah. I'm, I guess I'm trying not, I'm trying to dispel some rumors that we've probably created, created ourselves. <laughs> there are always going to be exceptions <laughs> that prove yeah. the rule. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so the last part I have, I found a website for Des Moines cremation, which promises the lowest cost for cremation services in the metro area. Wow, okay. So I was just curious about like the process because 
uh, one of my close friends, a relatives died recently, like really unexpectedly, like a heart attack. And I was talking with her about how weird it is, like how quickly you have to come up with a funeral plan and yeah. all that stuff. Like it's immediate and mm-hmm. it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got curious about like how much the shit costs. So I went to this website and found that you can opt for the simple dignified cremation package. This is no frills for the low, low price of $795 for members mm. or $895 for non-members. Why would you Get be a in member that club. of a cremation club? Save that 100 bucks. <laughs> also, this does not what? include applicable taxes. I am absolutely going to join my local crematorium. If you're in a hurry, you can splurge for the expedited, simple, dignified cremation, which cuts your wait time down from about two weeks to some unspecified time of less than two weeks. Okay. (laughs) It's not really laid out on our website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But we can't guarantee how long the line is. So the expedited cremation costs fourteen ninety five for non members or twelve ninety five for members. Dang the savings! And membership costs thirty five dollars a one time thirty five dollar fee, but it must be applied for and approved at least twenty four hours before death. So like uh, you have to be actually a some committed savings. member. I mean, Dang. I would do. If you it's have not- somebody like in hospice. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're just aging, you're just an elderly person. Become a member. Yeah. It also costs an extra uh, $500 if you want to witness the cremation, which is sort of mandatory, loosely mandatory for a lot of religions. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. Is there like a window uh, into the side? No, you have to schedule an appointment to go be in the crematorium with your when they like Body. push them into the machine, yeah. the, the, the fire but breathing the there, machine. There, there are several religions and like just cultural things that you have to you have to witness Bear the witness. person being mm-hmm. burned. Sent to I the knew next. that there hmm. there are a lot of religions where like preparing the body for burial or what have you is an important part of yep. the process, like, like washing. washing the body. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this part. Interesting. Yeah. Um, also, if it's an evening or a weekend, there's an extra $300 charge. And here are some other prices. Wow. You, can you get, better not die on be- a weekend. <laughs> we charge extra for nights and weekends. But oh, my God. And, and holidays. Non- non-members. <laughs> this fucking, is so insane. capitalism will get you. Have, you. have you guys seen that TikTok? You know that TikTok trend that's like, People telling a story, but like yeah. this, and then, to this kind yeah. of beat. And one then, thing da, da, about da, me is, is da, 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 da. yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was one that was a guy who's like, oh, one thing about me is that when I was going to my aunt's house for Thanksgiving, she <laughs> did something really not cool and died the night before we were supposed to get there. And then we just kind of went ahead with our Thanksgiving plans, but there was a body in the other room. And then we called the funeral home and they were like, what the fuck? It's Thanksgiving. We can't get there for several hours. And then my mom was like, should we have pie? And I was like, fuck yeah, we should have pie. It's so good. It's the best. It's like four minutes long. It's so good. 
<laughs> we have to look Jesus. up. We have to remember to look up that guy's handle. It's I so haven't seen good. it, so please find it and send I it to me. I sent it to our group chat. It was so good. I watched it like oh. four times in a row. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> It'll be linked to somewhere. Okay, great. But I had made the pie already. (laughs) But I had already baked the pie. So, of course, we're gonna have pie. Oh, God. (laughs) He's, like, just kind of jiving the whole time, too. Gotta do what you gotta do. It's so good. Okay. Okay, so price ranges (laughs) go from... Between the alternative cremation container, which is literally a cardboard box with the, they charge $95 for, or a casket made of Fremont poplar, which wow. costs $3,095. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I want the bare bones it's package. Gonna... <laughs> I wish. She winks really I had to pay slowly. like five grand when I picked up my grandma Helen. Oh. That bitch did not go out well, cheap. You might have gotten burned. Swindled. Probably. <laughs> Fucking probably. We just were stupid and followed her wishes instead of just reducing no. her to the cheap shit. She doesn't care at this point. She's dead. She did. I know. I know. We fucked up. Also, you can get a memorial urn or keepsake, and those range from $30 to $2,595. Also, the urn vault, which is called the columbarium. I don't remember. But it's a a vault where you can put your cremains in, so it's like sort of a combo gravesite. KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. You go there to like pay your respects. You don't Mm -hmm. take them home. Right. And that ranges from four ninety five to one thousand ninety five. And then just the and last up. thing I want to do, uh, well, no, for this specific, I know. I'm just saying, you could create any kind of fucking vault you want. You really could. I also just want to end with um some of the names of their urns, which I really liked, <laughs> like the urn models. One Gushen yeah. urn. Okay, so the do cremation <laughs> was, was it. Not to, la- I'm sorry, but was it when your dad died, Amanda, that we went to the Mall of America and <laughs> yes. shopped for urns? We did. We went to uh, Things Remembered. Yes. Oh, that's a great store, though. And shopped for a keepsake urn, and that's, I still have it. That's why I put him in. Yep. It's great. I feel like I was with you. You probably were. Okay. Yeah, friends, friends who we shop for up. urns together. Stay together. together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so here are some of the names of the urns that they sell. We have book, tiger eye, marble that comes in blue, black, green, white, or tan. Limoges, golden tulip, amphora violet, veteran flag panel, Mm. Norfolk pewter, solitude, solitude crucifix, autumn leaves, classic bronze, Milano floral, Milano pink, sheet bronze, hummingbird, Milano Milano double dark chocolate, hummingbird 3D. I want hummingbird 3D. I love Milano mints. Eagle 3D, Lighthouse 3D, Highland, Walnut Scattering, Ocean Sunset Scattering, Patriot Scattering, Ascending Dove Scattering, Unity Heart, Journey, or Basic Plastic Urn. I'll take Basic Plastic for 200, Alec. (laughs) I want to see what the tiger's eye looks like. Oh, my tiger's eye. Blood on the moon. Actually, I picked out my urn when we were at the funeral museum in Houston. Yes, you did. And you have a photo of it. It's gorgeous. It's blue. Mm -hmm. It's royal blue. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that is my segment. Well Well done. done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
Let's mm. hear a quick word from our sponsors, cremationmembers.com. <laughs> but actually worth it. So there's no quick fix for anxiety and depression. It's not just about finding a new therapist or starting an exercise routine. If one more person tells me to drink more water, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it's, you know, not if you can add more regular meditation, you can better your diet, you can drink more water, and sometimes you just need more help like something to almost unlock your brain a new way of thinking about and seeing the world and maybe that thing is guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom. there's a new tool to improve your mental health at home ketamine therapy mind bloom is the leader in at home ketamine therapy having safely helped thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression Unlike traditional talk therapy, ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants. In a study of over 1,200 MindBloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. That's amazing. And right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com forward slash gals and use promo code gals. So take the first step and break free from your anxiety and depression with MindBloom. MindBloom.com forward slash gals and use promo code gals and treat your brain. Trade it. Your bedroom deserves a refresh because if you're anything like me, you're in your bedroom 80% of your life. (laughs) And now is the perfect time to elevate the most important room in your home with Thuma. Mm-hmm. Introducing The Bed by Thuma. This is handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality, upcycled wood. The bed has a modern, minimalist design that helps elevate any space. It is super supportive for your mattress. It's breathable. It's made to naturally minimize noise and create space. So if you've got that squeaky bed situation, maybe Thuma can help you out. Mm-hmm. And the bed is put together using the timeless technique of Japanese joinery. So each it's piece so cool. locks. It's so cool. It looks gorgeous too. Mm-hmm. Each piece locks into place, meaning no tools or excess hardware, no adult Legos, honey, are required for <laughs> assembly. With clean lines, subtle curves, and lifestyle enhancing details, the bed is simple sophistication for the bedroom. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite. Ugh. But at home with mm. The Bed by Thuma. And now go to thuma.co slash wine to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of The Bed, plus free shipping in the continental United States. Go to thuma.co slash wine. That's T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash W-I-N-E for a $25 credit and treat your bed. Treat it. Are we ready for my case? No. Wait, before you start your case, I thought of a good joke while I was in the bathroom. Oh, Lord. Okay. If I were the marketing director of the Des Moines Cremation Services. Let's rephrase that. When you are the marketing director. Yes. Got it. (laughs) I'm going to say, as soon as you sign up for your $35 thing, I'm just going to (laughs) say, you've You've you're now locked in for savings. You've earned it. <laughs> oh no. You have to do like a hot 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 fire sale. <laughs> Our savings are hot hot hot. Hot. <laughs> Hottest savings in town. Don't get burned by another crematorium. <laughs> I would absolutely join that membership. Should we? 
should we without just, question. Should we just gift this crematorium some free billboards? Absolutely, yes. we should. Absolutely, yes. This is it. This is our next step. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, we are gonna land on our feet, gals. We got this. We have so many business ideas. We've earned it. Uh, We've, We've earned, earned it. it. Okay. Well, moving on. So okay. my case was suggested by the fan picker. Mm-hmm. So it's probably really sad. So yeah. it's not my fault that it has only the most tangential link. To our to topic. anyone named Evelyn. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, it was their fault. But... My case is also deeply sad, so don't worry. Okay. We're twinning. Yay. We're twinning. Also, in grief. my case is just like a who's who of 70s celebrities. Yeah. And like, obviously, Perfect. I like know the basics about all of these celebrities, but sure. I, the 70s we is kind of like a blank space for me in terms of knowledge i don't Absolutely. know that much about it okay. our boomer listeners are going to be really annoyed and our millennial and under listeners are going to be like oh yeah the boomers are going to be like what do you mean you don't know i, I don't i'm sorry they mm-hmm. in school you always run out of time and literally you make it to 1968 and then they don't tell you a dang thing Nothing that exists. happened after that yeah <laughs> okay not a dang thing not a dang thing happened after 1968 <laughs> okay, so in 1972, comedian John Belushi. I know him. Who had already made a name for himself in Second City, which brags on its website that it is, quote, the oldest ongoing improvisational theater troupe to be continually based in Chicago. Mm. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that's funny that that's what they would brag about because Second City has churned out some incredible talent, yeah. but like that's what they're clinging to. They're not wrong, but they what on have earth? a lot more to brag about. That's they need Lucy's so cremation marketing. Yeah. That's why I thought it was hysterical to that be so continually funny. based in Chicago. Yeah. In Belushi's hometown of. Chicago. Oh. <laughs> I was on a Chicago kick, y'all. I still am. I freaking love Chicago. You love Chicago. Mm-hmm. So in 1972, he leaves Chicago and moves <sighs> to the Big Apple. He began working as a writer, director, and actor on National Lampoon's Radio Hour, mm. which apparently was a thing. Remember radio, you guys? Oh, my God. <laughs> Audio is dead. Radio's dead. Podcasting is the future. Okay. <laughs> Where he became friends with Chevy Chase. Ever heard of him? Which, like... The biggest asshole in comedy? Huge asshole, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he and, an asshole? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, notoriously oh. awful he, person. Oh. He got fired from community for just, like, being a being dick. Being a piece of shit, yeah. And didn't they, really? like, kill... I think they killed his character. I they think just they were did. like, <laughs> we're <laughs> fucking over you. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. It's too bad, but... Mm. Oh, well. And then he was great in the jerk because apparently he's a huge jerk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Blue also became good friends with Bill Murray, mm-hmm. who is beloved but also apparently problematic. Oh yeah, moving oh, on. God, he's a man. Every of white man, every, every single, single one. one. <laughs> yep, it's really t- <sighs> pathetic, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 1975, Belushi was selected as one of the original cast members for the newly created comedy show. Saturday Night Live. What? Ever heard of it? <laughs> Ever heard of it? Uh, Chevy Chase was actually the one who recommended him to the all-powerful SNL creator god, Lorne Michaels. Mm-hmm. 
And this skyrocketed the already successful comedian to national fame. In addition to SNL, Belushi starred in numerous hit films, including National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, you went from a local lampoon to a national lampoon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Local lampoon. Look at him go. (laughs) And Blues Brothers. Mm, Yeah. So good. Great film. Both films were hugely influential and remain cult classics to this day. This is a quote from, I don't know, it'll be listed in my sources. Quote, Belushi's... (laughs) (laughs) This is a quote from fucking somewhere. I don't know. This is a quote from... Ah, fuck it. (laughs) This is a quote from... I thought that I had written where this quote was from, but I didn't. So the link is in my sources. (laughs) Quote, Belushi's legendary character, Bluto, for example, was a directionalist. This is an animal house was a directionless slob, and he did not even have that many lines, yet in the film he became your new best buddy as well as a comic legend. Landis had described him as a cross between Harpo Marx and the Cookie Monster. Dang. High praise. You guys have both seen Animal House, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I thought there would be a lot more enthusiasm, particularly from Amanda. I am so sick, you guys. Okay, okay. okay. I'm loving this. I just cannot express joy properly in the state that I'm in. That's it's a, all. It's a funny movie, but there are a lot of things that did not age well. No. Of course not. But it's definitely like not. a grungy it's comedy co- from the college, 70s. college boy. Yeah. 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 Animal House is fucking hilarious. It's good and for what does it does not hold up. No. It yep. does not hold up. No. I mean, name one thing from 1975. Exactly. It's actually Porky's. It's oh, 70s no, it doesn't comedy. hold up. <laughs> Grey Gardens. I was just naming it. something from 1975. <laughs> that holds I don't even up. Did Grey Gardens come out in the 70s? I don't know. I don't know. Porky's did and does not hold up. Uh, we're not. Just to I'm, clarify. I'm refusing to discuss Porky's. It's <laughs> not great. Okay. Porky's? Porky's. <laughs> no es mormon. No es mormon. Dollar 99. But as his fame grew, so did his reliance on drugs to cope with the stress of his exhausting schedule. Mm-hmm. His Blues Brothers co-star Dan Aykroyd later recalled, quote, we had a budget in the movie for cocaine for <gasps> night shoots. The 70s were so much cooler than now. Yeah. Where's our cocaine budget? That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> if I had a little coke right now, I might be, be a fine. little more enthusiastic about all of my life. Dayquil is say... basically coke. It's speed. You're right. Uh, well, maybe. I puked all mine up, though. Yeah. Dayquil <laughs> makes me so fucked up that I'm tired again. So it I'm doesn't really help. I'm tripping. All right. Finishing this quote from Dan Aykroyd. John, he just loved what it did, meaning cocaine. It sort of brought him alive at night, that superpower feeling where you start to talk and converse and figure you can solve all the world's problems. Yeah, drugs are yeah. pretty great like that. Yep, you're describing really every drug. <laughs> every drug, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, honestly, I thought that I would like cocaine more. Maybe mm-hmm. I just haven't had any, I haven't had any really good cocaine. Well, I've had good cocaine and it's just not, I don't know. It's not, cocaine is not my thing. No. It, I mean, I have ADHD. It doesn't do shit for me. But. <laughs> it balances you no. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very it, corporate. Yeah, if you need me to clean the house <laughs> top to bottom and write a new wine and crime ad campaign, give me all that coke. I was going to say, Let's go. 
Write an essay. Clean yeah. the house. <laughs> wash the screens. My to-do list has <laughs> never been more done. Clean the inside of the vacuum canister. Oh, I just did that recently. It's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. By the 1980s, Belushi was reportedly spending about $2,500 a week on his drug habit. Time money converter. Time <laughs> money converter will tell you that it, that would be about eleven thousand dollars today. Oh my god! Holy shit! Of course I did. A week. Oh my 2, god! Twenty five hundred dollars like... a week now would be a shit ton of money. Oh my god! Yeah, eleven thousand dollars a week on a week. cocaine. He's spending almost a year's salary for like most average Americans a week on coke. That is that's insane. a month. Oh, sorry, a month on Coke. No, a no week. this is a week. Well, I, I, but eleven grand oh, you mean, would be oh, like a year's salary. Yeah, I was yeah multiplying it by four. Yeah, that's a, sorry. That's I'm, still a pretty fucking good. It's salary. a lot of fucking money. I'm just repackaging it in even more shocking ways. <laughs> oh my god! Good god! <laughs> His addiction was so severe that at one point Belushi quote was reported to have drugs handed to him as he walked down the street. Because he like he like needed continual okay, well, fixes. That's not safe. I did that once and woke up in the hospital. So <laughs> don't just take drugs from people on the street. No, okay? I think he like had like gophers oh, bringing him his okay. drugs just while he was like in transit Walking from into one work. place to another. Well, Holy also shit. even if it were a little bit the other way, if it was a total stranger, they'd probably be like, "Oh, it's fucking John Belushi here. I take some of my coke. shit." Yeah, yeah, probably. It could have been both. I'm sure yeah, it could have been both. both. Well, then. Oh, that's wild. Pretty, that's so scary. Predictably, although tragically, on March 5th, 1982, John Belushi was found dead in his hotel room at Los Angeles's Chateau Marmont. Oh, they have a great Caesar salad there. Yeah. Lucy. <laughs> he was just I like 33 years old. <laughs> Excellent menu. <laughs> Listeners, if you could see Amanda's face right now. <laughs> Just the utter shame. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's not the only one who salad. died there. I'm he sorry. Is. People have died there. No, a lot of people died there. People die in hotels all the time. People die in that specific hotel all the time. And they have Absolutely. a great Caesar salad. And I'm not backing off. So <laughs> I thought that more celebrities died there than actually have. Mm-hmm. Didn't John Candy die there? I don't, I don't, it didn't come up when I was searching Mm. what celebs have died at the Chateau Marmont. I'm Googling (laughs) it right now. But uh, another one uh, came up, which was photographer Helmut Newton, Mm. who was once dubbed the King of Kink. And he died in a car wreck in the hotel's driveway. What? He like, his car like got out of control in the driveway and crashed into a wall and he died. But to be fair though, he was 83. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, this just lists two <laughs> yeah, notable was... deaths. John Belushi and Helmut Newton. I know, disappointed? I thought it was more. I kind of am disappointed. I thought that place was haunted as fuck, but apparently it's not. No, yeah. I think we're thinking of the Cecil Hotel. No, no. I think they've had a lot I'm of not. close calls <laughs> at the Marmot. A lot of overdoses, A lot of maybe. overdoses. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Anyway, speaking of, back to John Belushi. So. Oh, very sad. Yeah. Not making light of his addiction or his death. No, 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 no. The Los Angeles County coroner reported his cause of death as acute cocaine and heroin poisoning. Oof. Which, like, 
when you're doing this much, like this much powder, it's all fucking mixed together. That's like fentanyl now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't know exactly what you're fucking getting when you're shoveling that shit that people are just walking up to you on the street and giving you. Yeah, and well, especially like up up the river, they're yeah. trying to make the most money that they can. So of course they're, they're going to cut it with, it with something shit. cheaper. Exactly, exactly. And his tolerance was so high at this point that he was probably consistently pushing himself to feel the effects of whatever he was taking. He was going to mm-hmm. take as much as it took. Yeah. To get high. It's just so fucking sad. Addiction is so nuts. Mm-hmm. And also Ugh. just the combination of cocaine and heroin is going to yes. really throw your body for a loop. Because it literally one... like shuts down your nervous system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One's an upper and one's a major downer and you're just. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. I it's hate it. It's not good. So at first news coverage of Belushi's death was about the young comedian whose life was tragically cut short by drugs. But soon, tabloid coverage began referring to a mystery woman who had been with Belushi that night and who had reportedly played a key, no pun intended, role in his death. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So this woman was named... Evelyn? No, Kathy. You bitch. Her middle middle name was Evelyn. I'm not even kidding. Stop. Heather Fanpicker. (laughs) Heather! This is looser than my previous cases. (laughs) This is looser than my stools last week (laughs) when I had the flu. Oh my Kathy god. Kathy Evelyn Smith. So I will be referring to her as Smith and in her your middle name is Evelyn. <laughs> like whose Just isn't? Refer to her as Evelyn. <laughs> Just give Evelyn. Oh my god. Heather a little bit of credit. Yeah, so we'll just call her Evelyn. This is fucking spot on. I love this. (laughs) You nailed it. Okay, great. I love this. Evelyn was a bit of a mystery. She had grown up in Canada. Is she not even dead? We will get to it. Okay, okay. We're we're all the way back in 1982 right now. True. Okay. So Evelyn was a bit of a mystery. She had grown up in Canada and had dropped out of school at 16 to pursue a career in the music industry. She was reportedly a talented backup singer, but became more well-known for dating and hanging around with successful musicians. Mm. This included the band's Levon Helm, which literally up until yesterday when I was finishing my notes, I thought was Helms. Oh, I don't think I've heard of that band. The band? Like Ed Helms? You, you haven't heard of the band? Oh, the no. band. Yeah. What? No. They what are we sing, talking about? Uh, Ed uh, Helms? Not not no. for a that's the band yeah okay so lee von helm was a member of the band got it okay okay Very <laughs> and got it. he allegedly dated kathy and sh- or evelyn. excuse me evelyn <laughs> who became <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Who became pregnant at 17. So just another musician added to the pedo list. Thanks, yep. Obama. <laughs> oh, God. Don't blame him. <laughs> so Evelyn put her baby up for adoption and Helm never acknowledged paternity. So that's great. Another fucking band ruined. Yeah. The band. The band ruined. Literally the band. <laughs> the amount of times that we used to get high and watch the the band the documentary about the band's like last performance or something i had no idea that you had this kind of connection to yeah the band. who's we 
Oh, in college. I don't know you've ever oh. been high. <laughs> <laughs> What's the band documentary? Was it made by like Scorsese or something? Oh, I'm I fucking don't last know. Waltz. I didn't know it was the band until today. The Last Waltz. Okay, it's great. great. It's okay. a great documentary. Oh. I believe you. <laughs> anyway, really recommend when you're 20 years old and high. She also had an intense years-long affair with Canadian singer Gordon Lightfoot. That one I know. Yeah. Which I've heard of. (laughs) One of Lightfoot's most successful songs was written about Evelyn and includes the lyrics, quote, I can see her looking fast in her faded jeans. It probably doesn't help that I'm doing the accent. She's a hard-loving woman and got me feeling mean. Oh. Oh. So obviously that was from his song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Which is about <laughs> Kathleen Evelyn. About, about Kathy Evelyn Smith. No, I'm Fitzgerald. It's from, it's from the song Sundown, which I tried to listen to last night and literally couldn't get through it. Okay. I was going to say, I've listened to The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald that was like the joke. too many times. Oh, I know. we're playing that at my wedding because it's on Lake Superior. <laughs> so if you think the full extended version of that song isn't playing... Absolutely, go to the DJ and demand the wreck of no, the Edmund. Uh, we, I've already it's submitted on it on the app. It's on there already. <laughs> Bill and I talked about this last weekend at our tasting. We were like, you know, it would be hilarious. You did. Yes. I was like, what if we just did a full hard left in the middle of our set? In the just middle like of dancing, minute we just played eleven minutes it's of the really Edmund Fitzgerald long song. Yeah, so do the original though. You should have it be like sung by like one of those shanty groups. Done. Those viral sh- sea shanty groups. Oh, God, sounds great. Are we still on she- sea shanty talk? Oh uh, yeah, I hope not. Get over it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> After her breakup with Lightfoot, Evelyn left Canada for California. In a weird light footnote, uh, her job when she arrived <laughs> in so California oh my God. was as a personal assistant to lawyer Edward L. Masri. Are from... we supposed to know who that is? Masri, okay. is that the jinx? My whole case was <laughs> based on the fact that there were all these celebrity names, and you I guys like don't know any of them. Really hard, but Lucy also doesn't know people. I don't know it's, who that is. It's the guy. I recognize it's the name. lawyer in Aaron Brockovich. Oh, Aaron Brock. Oh, oh I Ed. thought that was Ed. They're called uh, boobs, Ed. Ed. Yeah. Okay. The That's way all I you thought... had to say, played by I Albert thought... Finney in the 2000 film Aaron Brockovich. Oh, I thought that was supposed to be Tom Girardi. So I, you had told me. Yeah, I thought that was Tom Girardi. Okay, so I'm so happy we can bust some flim flam, as Kelly Ward says on Ology. Great, okay. (laughs) Okay, because Real Housewives fans know Erica Jane, and Erica Jane was married to Tom Girardi, Girardi. and everybody told me when I got into watching Real Housewives that Tom Girardi was the lawyer from Eric Brockovich. That's what I've been told, yeah. No, he is one of the okay. lawyers from Aaron Brockovich, and, and but never not in the on Ed. Okay. He is okay. the guy that Ed brings in. Okay. That she's okay. pissed that he brought someone in. I, oh. Okay. Okay. I always thought that it was Ed, that it was Ed, but they changed His Tom name. Girardi's name to Ed whatever for the movie. No. So Ed wow. is, the, is the real Ed and the real name. 
Okay. Not the real okay. Ed. It's played by an actor. But right, 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 right. The yeah. guy from Big Fish. Got it. Right, 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 right. Wow. Yeah. Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. Toby Man's Jake Gyllenhaal. Anyway, I'm so glad that we got to cover all of this. Okay. You busted it wide open, girlfriend. I'm impressed. There you go. Also, it makes so much more sense because I was so sad that Tom Girardi had like hurt all of his clients and whatever. I and I was like, how but could really, Ed do this to us? He's always been an opportunistic yes. lawyer. Yep. Yes. Mm. This makes a lot more sense. Actually, yep. Aaron knew from the beginning. I feel yeah. better about the state of the world. I know. After yeah. hearing this. Yep. Same. I didn't yeah, know how I'm much sued. it was bothering me till just it now. It really I'm, bothered me. And yep. I really got like a shot of serotonin when I figured yep. this out. Yeah. I yeah. feel very soothed, very soothed by this news. Thank You're you right. so much. You're right. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. So back to Evelyn. Life. So back to Evelyn <laughs> is a groupie. She's like young and like hanging around these Evelyn-y. musicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then she leaves, goes to California. She gets a job as the personal assistant to fucking Ed. <sighs> the good one. But then she's fired from <gasps> this job. For not being, quote, subservient enough. Oh, Ed, Ed. Come on. That's her words. Obviously, Ed does not have a problem with strong women. I'm inclined to believe her. (laughs) I don't know. Dream shattered. Moving on. Okay. (laughs) It was then that Evelyn turned to dealing drugs for income and began spending a lot of time hanging out with the John Rolling Belushi. Stones. Oh, oh, the Rolling Stones. We're not the to Belushi. The band John Lightfoot. Belushi. Uh, yeah, the Rolling Stones. The Rolling mm-hmm. Belushis. Got it. She the would later band. say of this point in her life, quote, I was at the top as far as living vicariously went. Mm, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Mm. By the late 70s, Evelyn was living in New York and still working as a drug dealer to the stars, which mm. for obvious reasons meant she spent a lot of time on the set of SNL. Yep. Yep. It was here that she met and befriended Belushi. She accompanied him on his final fateful trip to Los Angeles. And Belushi's wife, Judy, opted to skip the trip and stay home in New York because she was like really fed up with his drug use and, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't want to enable and uh, things were tough. Yeah. By the time Belushi went on this L.A. trip with Evelyn, many of his friends had become worried about him. And one described his state around that time as, quote, exhausted and full of despair. Oh, that's really sad. That's not a great state to be in. No. So the events of Belushi's final day alive would later be laid out by SNL writer Nelson Lyon. According to Lyon, Belushi showed up at his home on March 4th, accompanied by Kathy, excuse me, Evelyn Smith. Smith then injected Belushi three or four times with cocaine at Lion's home. And the three of them then went to a club called On the Rocks on the Sunset Strip. Oof. Which does not sound fun. Mm -mm. At the club, Evelyn injected Belushi and Lion with speedballs, which is a mix of heroin and cocaine. Woof. Yeah. Do we have his toxicology report? I'm sure. I think so. Yeah, his, it was. His it death was, was very fucking evident. infamous. Yeah. 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 No, not even that. I'd necessarily want to know, but I bet those figures, those numbers, are scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. So according to Lyons, so the SNL writer who's also like doing these speedballs at night, mm-hmm. quote, it rendered me a walking zombie and it made Belushi vomit. Oof. 
So for someone that tolerant of this many drugs to get ill is well, saying a lot. Who knows what yeah. the hell else was in there? Yeah. Right. After leaving the club early in the morning of March 5th, Smith drove Belushi and Lyon back to Belushi's bungalow at Chateau Marmont, at which point Robert De Niro and Robin Williams came by to hang out. Oh, my God. What a life. I want to go to that party. Weird. No, and you don't. The, Someone died. Yeah. Oh. And the group <laughs> continued to use cocaine because this is 1982. Yeah. Eventually, everyone left the bungalow except for Belushi and Evelyn. Evelyn would later describe how she had become alarmed by the sound of Belushi's breathing. Oh, scary. And woke him up around 930 in the morning. Belushi woke up and asked Evelyn not to leave him alone. Oh, oh, that's heartbreaking. But assuming that since he was responsive, he was fine. She yep. left the bungalow a little after 10 a.m. to run some errands. Mm-hmm. And then around noon, and this is by far the weirdest part of this whole tale. Mm-hmm. Belushi's personal trainer arrived for a scheduled appointment. <laughs> No. I did like a workout. I. Uh, (laughs) It does not compute. Does not compute, not like in any kind of body shaming way, but just in the like heavy, heavy drug use and like who John Belushi was. Right. To Uh, then have a 10 a.m. personal trainer. No. I couldn't make it to a 10 a.m. personal training appointment. Absolutely fucking not. That doesn't fit in with like his apparent lifestyle at all. At all. And I'm not I'm not saying it in a body shaming way, but like you don't you're not like a notorious SNL party person and have a 10 (laughs) a.m. schedule like uh, already on the schedule. Standing appointment with a personal trainer. Yeah. So weird. It in 1982. Well, and at the hotel. Like, he's not home, even. Well, he was well, living he, at he the hotel. He was living there. Oh. He was, like, renting a bungalow, whatever. Got it. Okay, but okay. But okay. still, that's... Still, it's weird. Not the weirdest part about this. It's... Mm-hmm. it's yeah. So when B- Belushi did not respond to his knocking, the trainer let himself in with a key. Mm-hmm. After finding Belushi unresponsive, he called 911 and attempted to perform CPR. But Ugh. when EMTs arrived minutes later, they pronounced Belushi dead at the scene. Oh, God. When Evelyn returned to the Chateau Marmont, she was taken into custody and questioned by police, but quickly released. Mm-hmm. Then in June of 1982, so all of this happened in early March. He died in early March. Then in June... Evelyn stated in an interview with the National Enquirer for which she was paid $15,000 that she had been the one, quote, responsible for Belushi's death. What? Saying bluntly to this reporter, quote, I killed John Belushi. I didn't mean to, but I am responsible, end quote. Ooh. Okay. This totally unprompted tabloid confession resulted in Evelyn being arrested for second degree murder. What? She she was she was free. She was out. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to like press charges or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she gave this paid interview. Can you say it was unprompted, even though they paid her 15 grand to sit down for an interview, which they could editorially manipulate? She, I mean, she said the words, I am responsible. I killed John Belushi, yeah. Yeah, and also, like, when I say unprompted, I mean, like, she had the agency to do this paid interview or not. Right. Right. 
It's also and just like she it's said a little it. weird though. It's also just a complex situation because like they both had like you said agency and autonomy at the time of this party night. Mm-hmm. It, it, yes, and like he made choices, but she also enabled choices. Oh yeah, <sighs> is it is it murder legally if he said, "Hey, shoot me up with whatever you've got. Here's my like arm." Yeah, because you can you know? say, "Hey, kill me." And if you mm-hmm. if you somebody kills you, then they still committed it's murder. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and also if it's like a personal friend of his, she might mm-hmm. feel responsible for his death to the extent where she'd say, "I killed him. It was my fault," but not That's like what I legally going speaking. She might just feel guilty about it. She right, but does. I think there's a difference between saying I feel responsible and right. I and am I killed respons- him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also like I think. I think attitudes are changing now uh, in mm-hmm. cases like this where le- there are like drug users and one person ODs and we mm-hmm. want to encourage contacting the authorities so that the person ODing can get help. And so we, right. you know, limit the liability of those mm-hmm. users around them and et cetera. Mm-hmm. I also don't know if she was using, like she mm-hmm. was the dealer. Mm-hmm. Right. And she injected him and this SNL writer and whatever. So it's possible that she wasn't even using or not using it like in quantity. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. I didn't know any of this. I didn't either. So anyway, the point of all this is to say she goes to this paid interview with the national fucking inquirer and says yeah, this wild ew. shit and then gets yeah. arrested mm-hmm. for second degree murder. Mm-hmm. That's She's- nuts. She's charged and ultimately agrees to a plea bargain that reduced the murder charge to involuntary manslaughter and three drug offenses, mm. which was also pled down. It had been 13 drug offenses. Mm-hmm. The, the judge in her case stated at sentencing, quote, you were brought into the action with Mr. Belushi's circle of friends because you were the connection, the source of that poison. You knew how to use the needle. Oof. Oof. Smith served 15 months at the California Institution for Women for her role in Belushi's death. Mm-hmm. In prison, she reportedly taught computer skills to fellow inmates, including members of the Manson SNL. family. Oh, oh my oh, God. SNL. SNL. The band. SNL. The band. SNL. Robin Holy shit. The band. I can't, I can't think of and much. And Brockovich. <laughs> The weirdest fucking amalgam of This names. is so nuts. <laughs> this is the 18 degrees of Kevin Bacon episode. It's so bizarre. She, Evelyn knew everybody. She taught computer skills to the Manson family <laughs> in 1982. The fuck? This is a really odd potpourri of like L.A., it's so L.A. This is the really most LA. L.A. shit I've ever fucking heard. So after her release from prison, she was deported back to Canada where she lived out the rest of her life as a very private person and avoided the press to the best of her ability. And I'm assuming stopped selling drugs. Wow. But there were some tabloid paparazzi photos of her from 2020. Of oh, her. So she like, is alive. So go to. Well, she's not even dead, Heather. Come on. Well, well, 2020 is not 2023. And <laughs> go to photos. Uh, these will be on the blog. There are Le a blog. million photos. But look for ones of an old woman in a pink bathrobe. Oh, honey. Oh, no. Oh, She's let me. her live. 
She's me. She wasn't ready for the press. Clearly. So the paparazzi were taking photos of her pretty inexplicably outside of her senior living facility. In yeah, Canada. that looks like, like she's like waiting for a package home. or something. Yeah. yeah, that's a vestibule. I just thought that was like, why? Right. You're not relevant anymore. Like, I don't mean that in like a mean way. Like, it's like who's why? taking who this woman out? Yeah, yeah. Who's buying those pictures? Right. Who gives a fuck about these pictures of an old lady who may or may not have been partially responsible for killing John Belushi in her bathrobe? <laughs> right. I don't get it. Like 40 years later. Yeah. So according to Paparazzi's one friend. Paparazzi so fucking weird. It's very strange. It's according so to weird. one friend of. Evelyn's the Belushi episode haunted her for the rest of her life quote that was her remorse her self-persecution if she had any regrets in her life that was it and it's like yeah mm, yes like obviously if somebody dies because you dealt them drugs I I, I hope I think I would remorseful. have I mean I, I feel like I'm probably being a little hard on her but also she did it she didn't just deal him drugs she injected him with them mm-hmm. but he like I said, he made his choices. It's not like yes. she held him down. He want like he's yeah. he's keeping this company on purpose. He was a drug addict. Yes. Yeah, like I I'm yes in effect it was essentially holding a gun to his head, but at the moment it no certainly wasn't that. I but I, I feel like I feel sympathetic for her personally. I also feel I feel bad for her too. But it kind of reminds me of like if a child gets a hold of their parents' gun or something. It's like it's in your possession and you know it's here and it caused harm so it's, it's just your really responsibility to yeah to not i mean i don't know so many people made choices in this situation i'm just saying i'm not i'm not against her having some of the responsibility for this mm-hmm. and i feel bad for her mm-hmm. because this is a really be fucked up and shitty situation yeah Mm-hmm. And he would have gotten his hands on fucking drugs if she was putting mm-hmm. them in his arm or not. Yeah, and yeah. also like that like, man was headed toward death regardless of her part in it. And not to pull this card, but it was the eighties. It was the eighties, and I think Absolutely. people didn't know how fucking serious this shit was. Well, mm-hmm. when you're that deep in addiction, you don't give a fuck. Well, Even if you do know, yeah. you don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't care. Oh, that's yes, so sad. And, yeah. So Evelyn spent the last decade of her life in an apartment building for senior citizens, which she moved into after a fire destroyed her previous apartment and most of her possessions. Wow. Well, she's paid she's paid some dues in the mm-hmm. aftermath of mm-hmm. this situation. God, this- Gordon Lightfoot looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple of really scary photos of Gordon Lightfoot on in my photos. He's a scary man. <laughs> Evelyn died on August 18th, 2020, at the age of 73. So she is a dead Evelyn. A dead well, Kathy fuck. Evelyn. Nice. Okay. Kevlin. One obituary Devlin. called her, quote, a Kevlin. notorious, colorful Gordon Lightfoot note in pop culture history. Wow. Oh, okay. Kenyon, I think, added Gordon Lightfoot. I, Likes. Yeah. She was a foot in the thing. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. wild. <laughs> yeah. What weird. a weird story. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like this weird era in like comedy specifically with like John Belushi and Phil Hartman. John and, like, Candy. John Candy. Fucking. Um, that other guy. In a van that down by guy the river. Oh my goat. God. Why am I so bad at this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That guy. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. But mm-hmm. there was so much like rapid decline. I don't premature know. I just, death. So of... much premature death. Yeah. It happens in Hollywood a lot too. I think when people go from a pretty average existence to then being launched into mm-hmm. a spotlight and given a seat at such an epic table. Chris Farley. Yes. Chris Farley, yes. And then you have access to just 
literally anything, anything you want with no one telling you no. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking scary, dangerous cocktail, man. Look mm-hmm. at John Mulaney, too. I mean, yeah. And he got out. Like, hopefully, yeah. He survived for the time being. Yeah. Ugh, it's scary. Is he anyway, a crazy addict, too? He was. He's in recovery. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. But, but yeah. also the Caesar salad at the Chateau Marmont. Okay. Mm. And with that, (laughs) let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Okay. Let's do it. Chateau Marmont. I hope. Let's talk about grooming for a minute. You know, like not on your pets, on your bod. Your own bod. On your books. Oh. But, you know, hair is hair, right? We all have it in practically all the same places. So, like, why as people on a spectrum of genders are we told to groom a certain way with these hyper gender tools on the market it's very annoying i'm i'm a woman and i'm often told by society to undergo painful and expensive processes like waxing and laser hair removal or to buy like the pink stuff and not the charcoal gray stuff yeah like, Ridiculous. I don't know. I, I don't want to be told how I should groom my body hair, and that's why I love Meridian. Tell us more, Lucy. Well, I just got three words for you. The Meridian Trimmer. Mm. I've been using this trimmer since before they were a sponsor of our show, and I love it. So this high-quality grooming device is fitted with safe ceramic blades, so it's not going to tug. It's not going to nick. Mm-hmm. It's also waterproof. You can use it in the shower. Oh, I, that's the best because that's where I like to do my trimming. Exactly. That's the yep. only place it really makes sense. It and really this, does. This trimmer is designed for all body and hair types. It helps you smoothly cut through your hair without those nicks and those cuts, even in the most sensitive areas. You, you know where I use this thing. Yeah. And yep. uh, it's it's great. It's changed my grooming life. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So we've partnered with Meridian Grooming to grant you an extra 15% off on this trimmer using the coupon code GALS, G-A-L-S. So that's meridiangrooming.com, M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, grooming.com slash GALS for an exclusive 15% off. Society's attitude towards body hair is changing and Meridian is ushering in a new era of inclusive grooming along with it. Their mission is to help you feel confidently yourself however you choose to take care of your body hair. Heck yeah. So one more time, that's gals for an exclusive 15% off and treat your grooming. Straight up. All right. Are you guys ready for my case? I don't I think know. so. You said it was really sad. It <laughs> is. And it's also up there on the grizzly details meter. <gasps> So I love I'm Grizzly details. Gonna, I know you do, but it's not great. Mm. I'm going to get those out of the way right here at the top. So oh. buckle up. Okay. <laughs> On December 20th, 1976, the body of a teenage girl was found dismembered and packed into three suitcases on the pack of the Lehigh River in Whitehaven, Pennsylvania. This river runs along Interstate 80, leading investigators to believe that the suitcases had been tossed from a vehicle to the water below, but didn't actually land in the water as intended. So wait, did you say that they found they were found on the banks of the river? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. They didn't actually land in the water. Got it. Mm-hmm. The fall, though, from the bridge over the river is about a 300-foot drop, and the impact caused two of the suitcases to burst, oh. exposing the remains of the girl and the remains of a fetus estimated to be about nine months gestation, but still, like, Ooh. it cleared the, the child had not been born. Nine months. Been oh, my yep. God. Yep. 
and they deduced that the fetus had been removed during dismemberment after she was killed. So just horrific. Yep. The worst possible How dead was she? Thing. I mean, like, how old was she? How, um, how long dead was she? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I how, don't think... She was how, very dead. I think they decomposed. found... Yeah, they found these dismembered remains within, I think, a few weeks of her death. She was... There was nothing that said that she was, like, super badly decomposed or anything like that. Uh, a few weeks is enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, seemingly to hide identifying details of the suitcases, they had been spray-painted black, but identifying designs and patterns still showed through some portions of the paint. Autopsy revealed signs of sexual assault and ruled her death to be caused by strangulation and concluded that the dismemberment had been performed with a serrated blade. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. And there was a note that was like, it wasn't done super sloppily, but it wasn't done with like, precision either so it's this is not somebody who so it's not a doctor but right. maybe but they have not, experience uh i don't think i don't think so but but I, it's just you're probably gonna want a serrated knife in terms yeah. of dismemberment so they yeah. kind of had intention uh-huh they or tested i don't know oh, i don't God. know she also had a gunshot wound to the neck that appeared to be a post-mortem wound which is like why fucking bother but so I guess making sure she was dead after strangling her, he shot her in the neck. Oh my her God. nose, breasts, and ears had been removed and were never found. What the her fuck? Nose, breasts, did you and choose? ears. Mm-hmm. This is a this is an OG. It's me a dude's kind of wow. case. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this poor woman. Never found. Never found. Among the remains were packing materials like straw and packing foam a bedspread, and a newspaper that had been used to wrap parts of the body. The newspaper was called the New York Sunday, and it was dated September 26, 1976, and was linked to the northern part of New Jersey where the local publication was distributed. The girl's identity was unknown, though it was determined that she was a white woman in her late teens or early 20s with shoulder-length brown hair, measuring approximately 4 feet 11 inches tall and weighing approximately 150 pounds, a sketch of the victim was circulated, pointing out two identifying moles on her cheek, hoping that people would recognize her. Oh, my God. I'm constantly in awe of what we can discover from forensic science, even at a time long before DNA evidence. Turns out some of these findings were not accurate. Because this was in they, the 70s? This is in the 70s. She was found in 76. <sighs> but, you know, they did their best. To find the identity of this girl, investigators went back to basics. They started with a review of her teeth. A pathologist determined that while she had clearly received dental care in her youth, she likely had not been to a dentist in many years as evidence of substantial tooth decay and chipping was present. Isotope analysis ah, mm -hmm. ah, ah. Indicated, <laughs> indicated that she may have lived in the American South, likely Tennessee or a surrounding area for at least five years, but that she most likely came to the U.S. from Serbia or Croatia, hmm. which turned out not to be true, but that was what they thought. Analysis of the child revealed that she the, the, the baby was uh, a girl and that she had gestated in the southern part of the United States. And I know you did an entire case on like cats and wigs and all this shit to explain this forensic sorcery. <laughs> yes, but I'll never comprehend how we could like even begin to narrow down any of this shit, it's, especially in like the 70s. It's fucking amazing. It's really I don't nuts. know how they did it in the 70s. I don't know how they do it today, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Magic. Yeah. But they, they sound confident. So yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with it. Yeah. Uh, 
Another creepy detail noted by the medical examiner was a series of numbers and letters written on the victim's body in ballpoint pen. The numbers were located on the victim's left palm, which could indicate that she was right-handed and wrote the numbers herself. Yeah, definitely. The writing was a bit faded, but included the letters WSR and the numbers four or five, followed by another four or possibly seven. It's like a drive, uh, like a license plate. Kind of sounds like a license plate. Could be. Yeah. Fingerprints were run through FBI databases and didn't return any hits. And until her identity could be confirmed, she was simply referred to as Beth Doe. Despite circulation of her sketch and pertinent identifying details and a couple of leads, the case went cold. Beth Doe was finally laid to rest with her child in 1983. Wait, remind me why do we know her first name is Beth? Uh, I don't know why they called her Beth Doe. I think they just okay. used different it just, names. It wasn't a Jane Doe. Okay. Yeah. I think they just tack on different different lady names. Different common names. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Investigators continued the search, cross-checking Beth Doe's details against 12 missing women who could have been a match. This woman included Anna Stace, Ben Benitskas mm-hmm. of Australia, Iris Brown of Vermont, Valerie Cuchia of New York, Teresa Fitton of Florida, Treddy Gibson of Tennessee, Rory Kessinger of Massachusetts, Anna Leatherwood of Tennessee, Georgia Nolan of Kentucky, Sherry Roach of California, Mary Robinson of New York, Patricia Seelbaugh of Pennsylvania, and Denise Shahi of New York. But none of these missing women were a match. It's horrifying that there are this many people to like. Yeah. Yep. Pick out. And that's only the 12 people that they matched. thought were the best. Oh, I fit. know. Yeah. The, the number of missing people there are a- yeah. actively missing now is. I know. Really yeah. I agree. That's why I wanted to include their names because it's just like, I don't know, it's really fucking sad. Yeah. For over 20 years, this case sat unsolved while technology caught up. And in 2007, Beth Doe's remains were exhumed for new testing. New facial reconstructions were made, and folks were hopeful for a lead, but alas, nothing. Then in 2019, investigators got a promising call. Updated reconstructions had been released in 2015, and these sparked an anonymous tip from a woman who believed she had gone to grade school with Beth Doe, what the person pictured. Hmm. She knew her as Maggie Cruz and was classmates with her in Framingham, Massachusetts. Hmm. Maggie was living with her foster family and had one foster sister. Maggie and her foster sister had run away from their foster home at the age of 16. Mm -hmm. Her foster sister returned shortly thereafter, but Maggie did not. According to this tip, Maggie had called a friend and classmate a few weeks later in the summer of 1976 asking for money because she had found out she was pregnant. Mm. And that was the last time that folks had heard from Maggie as far as they knew. Wow. These details were so promising and seemed to really match up with evidence in this case. So investigators went public to see if they could locate Maggie Cruz. Fortunately for Maggie, she was tracked down alive and well. But this meant Beth Doe was still a mystery. Oh like you never gosh. want someone to be dead, but it's like Maggie's fine. I mean, best yeah, yeah best case scenario, they for found Maggie. Maggie. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Wow. So until spring of 2021. 45 years after her remains were found. Jesus. Family who had never given up on finding her were the key. This is a quote from CNN. Quote, Evelyn Collin was one of five siblings in Jersey City, New Jersey, when she got pregnant in 1976 at the age of 15 by her then 19-year-old boyfriend, Luis Sierra. Quote, back then things were different, said Miriam Collin Veltman. Was it, is it maybe Cologne? I like, don't know if it's Colin, Colon, or Col- Cologne, but it's spelled Colon. C. Ma- Miriam C.V. 
who is Evelyn's niece. So Evelyn had siblings, and they the siblings had children. So she has these nieces and nephews that she never met. Mm-hmm. And the niece, this niece and later nephew is recalling growing up learning stories about where Evelyn had gone, which nobody mm-hmm. knew where she had gone. So people were like, back then, people were guessing where she might have gone, or they were telling the kids like, oh, your Aunt Evelyn is here so that they're not worried about her. We'll get Maybe to both. It. Okay. So, quote, she says, back then, things were a little different. It was a different culture, a different time. In the 70s, you get your girlfriend pregnant and you move out. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. So when Evelyn discovered that she was pregnant, she told her family and she did what was traditionally expected of her. And she moved in with her boyfriend to raise the child and eventually get married when she came of age. Oh, God. She was 15. Ugh. That's so scary. Yep. They got an apartment not far from her family home and her mother would stay in contact with her. How old was the boyfriend? 19. Over age. Over age. Yeah. Old enough. Mm Mm-hmm. One day, Evelyn called her mother to tell her that she felt ill and her mom offered to bring over some soup and care for her. But when she arrived at her daughter's apartment, nobody was home. With Evelyn's mother since passed, Evelyn's niece Miriam recalls, quote, she just left. People around the neighborhood, they said, oh, they moved away. So that's the story that we grew up learning. They meaning like uh, they the, meaning the mother Evelyn, or Evelyn? Evelyn and her boyfriend just left. And the neighbors were telling Evelyn's family that they moved and they just... There's it's 1976 like 1970 whatever there's no and then Facebook, Evelyn's no internet. mom died and then Evelyn's mom later passed and nobody knew and okay. nobody nobody knew where she went they just assumed she left Ugh. and people around the neighborhood like said oh they moved away so, so she wasn't was considered a- missing correct okay. she was just or gone reported missing because it was the 70s. Yeah, well, and this was substantiated for the Colin Colon C family when they received a letter from Luis Sierra a few months later explaining that they were doing well but had indeed left Jersey City and Evelyn wanted no contact with her family. Never I think believe was- a letter written Never. in somebody else's hand, the Never. we've moved away, she doesn't want anything more to do with you. you. I think it was probably believable because it's very possible there were members of her family who were upset about the pregnancy. Yeah. I can't substantiate that, but things were that's kind of rocky. Where, yeah, things were already tough. I mean, I, I, I'm not blaming this family in any way, shape, or form, but to be kind of like, oh, okay, you're 15, you're pregnant, you're going to move in with your 19-year-old boyfriend, something else is probably going on in that house yeah. anyway. Yeah. So it just leads me to believe that maybe there were issues. Strained relationships. Yes, correct. Quote, they always felt she left with him to start her new life with him and she just wanted to stay away, said Evelyn's nephew. But the family never heard from her again. So nieces and nephews that Evelyn never got the pleasure of meeting had held on to the stories and memories of their long lost aunt. Her nephew said that his father, so Evelyn's brother, would constantly search for her and had hoped to find her in more recent years with the advent of the internet and Facebook. That is so sweet. Well, I especially know. if if the brother thinks that she's still alive. Like, yeah, yeah he's of like, course in 2004, you'd have a Facebook. And he thinks, yeah, exactly. She's got kids. And so he would have nieces and nephews. And yep, they'd yeah. have cousins. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's so sad. Evelyn's mother would live the rest of her life seeing her daughter's face in strangers on the street. Quote, I would see my grandmother. She would walk around Jersey City and look for her. She'd say, hey, did you see Evelyn? She would think she saw her and tell my other grandmother, hey, I think I saw Evelyn. She would say, I don't know why. I can't find her. 
Oh so my god! This gosh. poor mom. Just I want to know where in Jersey City they lived. I don't know. Could have been Maybe anywhere near you. It. Maybe they asked when, Marmon. Maybe they're not. But when the internet didn't yield results, Evelyn's nephew Luis decided. So the the boyfriend's name is Luis, but her nephew is also named Luis. Mm-hmm. Decided to submit his DNA to one of the now popular services like Twenty Three and Me. Mm-hmm. Quote about four years ago, I heard about the DNA stuff, and I wanted to see. Hey, this could be an awesome tool if I could connect with my family and specifically connect with my cousin because they knew that Evelyn was pregnant. So he's like, I have a cousin somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I knew she'd had a kid or cousins, maybe multiple children or just find her, he said. Mm-hmm. So I got the kits. I purchased one for me, for my wife. I ordered another one from another website because I felt the more sites I'm on, the more chance that something would come up from that. Mm-hmm. And it does. And it does. As I can attest. Yep. <laughs> Moving yep. on. Moving on. But also, like, the hope behind that is really sad. I know. I just signed up for more and more because I just wanted to increase well, the chances. It's a, smart, it's a smart thing to do if you... Yes, it's of course. Smart. But I, it's really fucking tragic in these circumstances. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, submitting your DNA can be... Can give a answers lot, and... And yeah. questions. And questions. It can be a lot more complicated than, oh, my family's from blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So you're saying I could look for... Truth d- is the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Distant relatives, fourth cousins, or something like that uh, showed up, he said, but never his aunt or his, or her child. Until March of 2021, quote, I get notified that, hey, your DNA was matched to a victim of a homicide, Louise said. So Can we they got do t- that? Can they parent? show that? They Okay, so when you submit your DNA to a service like that, you can opt to also share it with, like, police database. Have yes, it be accessed by that. broader... <sighs> But I guess I just didn't realize you'd get a notification like that. I thought the police department would call you or something, you know? Oh, Oh, no, 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 no. I I think they were notified by the police. He was notified by the police. I thought it was like a pop-up on Ancestry. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Regardless, that's really cool. He was contacted by authorities. Wow. Oh, okay, okay. Louise said, so we got in touch and they asked me, do you know anyone missing in your family? And I immediately, once they reached out to me, I knew it was her. Yeah. It was obvious there was no other person in my family who was missing, and that's when the ball started rolling. Wow. I wanted to find her, but not her, but not find her deceased. Yeah. Well. And honestly, I can't even imagine what this family must have experienced getting this news. Like, it's 45 years later. Both of Evelyn's parents are gone. Mm-hmm. The remaining family had never heard of the Beth Doe case. And now they have all of this information about such a brutally violent death Brutal. for their lost family member and that baby. It just fucking breaks my heart. God. It's honestly maybe a blessing that her mother wasn't alive I know. anymore. To Honestly, I, I mean, if this, if this kind of news doesn't kill you as a parent, I don't know what would. They even named Evelyn's daughter, Emily Grace, trying to honor Evelyn by using names they believe she would have chosen for her. And despite the trauma around this discovery, there was a tiny spark of relief for the family as well. Mm-hmm. Quote, we finally got the answer, Louise said. It gives me peace to know, at least now I know and we know that she wasn't per- like she didn't purposely leave us. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that we did. And that really, really makes me feel good to know. Yeah. Another tiny spark of relief came with the news that her suspected killer, Luis Sierra, was alive and living in New York meaning he could finally be arrested and face some form of justice for his crime. Mm-hmm. Luis Sierra, 63 years old at the time of his arrest, was charged with one count of criminal homicide and extradited to Pennsylvania. From what I could find, this court case is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So Sierra first appeared in Pennsylvania court in July of 2021, where his attorney filed a motion to dismiss the case entirely for habeas corpus, which is basically the the defendant saying, this is an unlawful detention and I didn't do this and you don't have evidence. Mm -hmm. The defense also claimed there was no physical evidence to connect him to Evelyn's murder. But there was that fucking note. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sure was. He was granted bail in June of 2022. $250,000 bail, and this is, like, another reason why I hate bail. Like, this fucker has over 40... He's had over 40 years of freedom, and after such a horrific crime, should have to wait while he awaits trial. To face these charges, yeah. Yeah. Bail makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. And at the same time, if you don't have enough money, you could be accused of fucking anything and spend months in jail. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's bad on every fucking... It's ridiculous. It's all predicated on wealth. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Evelyn's family was devastated about this news, obviously, mm-hmm. and said exactly what we we're all thinking. Quote, $250,000 and he's out free, enjoying, celebrating with his family. What about my family? What about Evelyn and her baby? What about the public? He's a risk to the, he's yep. potentially a risk to other people out there. Could be. Who knows? Mm-hmm. He was only released because of a Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision in a different case months prior. So a lawyer named Theron Solomon explained in an interview that the decision adds nuance and complexity to charges as they relate to bail, and a mere homicide charge is no longer enough to revoke bail and increases the requirements for burden of proof. He went on to say, quote, so it's not about is Mr. Sierra a danger to the community? It's can the Commonwealth demonstrate that it's substantially more likely than not that Mr. Sierra committed this this crime? But how can you how can you determine that before the trial? You can't. Yeah, that's what a yep. jury is for. I know. I know. That's what I know. A trial it's very is weird. For. And now that's going to be the standard for all cases in this area, at least of Pennsylvania. And so, like, on one hand, I really do get this and actually in some ways agree with this change because it requires more evidence from the state before just throwing folks in jail. Like so many people sit in jail on bullshit charges without much of a burden of proof. And just like sit in jail waiting for trial, but homicide and, an, yeah. and literal unborn child murder. Also, wouldn't that prejudice a jury? I mean, maybe you could like keep them from knowing whether or not this person got bail or not before the trial. But I certainly if think you, it could. If you can't, it would prejudice the jury if you mm-hmm. knew that somebody was denied bail and now you're like, oh, well, I guess they must have. Absolutely. They, they probably there, really are guilty. There's some they already why. had to prove some burden of truth in some mm-hmm. murky pre-trial back room yep. decision. I don't think we're purporting to have a solution to this problem, no, but it is not. a huge fucking problem. Yeah, it's a it's it's really tough. Like this shit is so complicated. This is also, like, going to be probably pretty hard to prove, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Like, obviously, circumstantially, uh, you know, the it partner did it. And yep. he sent that note. But, like, mm-hmm. shit. Maybe um, they the have note all- is kind of all they have at this point. As far as I know, they might have DNA that we don't know about because this is an ongoing trial. And the fact that he, like, never reported her missing. Yep. And on the off chance that this guy is innocent of this horrific crime and like playing it against the possibilities that people who he didn't report her missing who were uh, convicted of a crime that were actually innocent. Like, I, right. I don't know how to weigh those things. I don't either. I don't either. But whatever side of the of the coin you fall on, it doesn't negate the heartbreak that this her family yeah. Yeah. felt upon his release. And like, 
I, I mean, it's, this whole case is fucking devastating, but I'm not yeah. sure when he is set to return to court, and I can't seem to find any updates because this is ongoing. So yeah. if any listeners are in that area and and you know what's going on with this case, my DMs are fucking open because this is like cuckoo bananas. Mm-hmm. Also, let me know the cross streets that they lived on in oh. Jersey City. <laughs> oh my God. We were you neighbors. can find them. Anyway. I'm working on it. Take four that's minutes my and you'll really find it. really sad fucking case. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, well, Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Thanks, I, mm-hmm. Evelyn. Thank you to Evelyn and thank Talking you to Talking to you face-to-face, maybe. Mm. And I hope that this family maybe. gets some justice. Justice. I know. I do, yeah. too. I just, ugh, I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like this is another one of those cases where I'm like, oh, I do. I don't, I don't have anyone that I know to be missing in my family. But it's like, it kind of makes you wonder... If you did, though, that would change your entire life. Oh, no, I I know. I would would not even question submitting my DNA. And I am curious about doing it. But it's like, I don't know. It's really fucking amazing what these DNA databases can discover. And there are a lot of ethical questions about that. And there are a lot of ethical questions. There's a lot to consider. Anytime there's a case like this, it gets me my wheels turning about the DNA Mm -hmm. database Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Internet of Things. Exactly. At the end of the day, they f- they figured out what happened to their family member, and it was not what they hoped for, but at least they have some fucking answers. Right. Yeah. Anyway, right. everybody, well, go you. feel sad now. Thank you okay. to Heather. Thank you to Evelyn. Oh, shake her bag, babe. Thank you, Majid. Okay. Uh, oh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!